You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. Every question I ever get when I speak about entrepreneurship is where do you see yourself in five years? Right. And I think it's just we crave this certainty or we crave like this crystal ball and just being okay with not having one and saying like, I don't actually have a dream job. Like you said, I don't have one because I just have a dream feeling. I just know how I want to feel. Mm -hmm. And the really cool thing is like, when you find things that you can do, whether you're working for yourself or not, finding things that give you that feeling so you're not chasing. Like, I already feel like I'm like 80% there for my dream feeling, right? So I have a long life ahead of me. And instead of thinking, okay, how do I get to this huge dream job milestone? It's just how do I keep leaning into this feeling? Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why, where I talk to creatives and founders about their purpose and how they've navigated living in a way that feels honest. Also, I recently started a Substack newsletter to share episode recaps. Y'all were asking for more direct ways to engage with The Power of Why, so you can find the link in the description. Make sure to connect with me there. All right, let's dive right into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Hailey, and today I am joined by the incredible Mallory Rowan. Mallory, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. It's 8.30 in the morning, which is incredible. <laughs> and that just shows, so, you know, this has been a long time coming. So I'm so excited to sit down with you. For some context, Mallory is a 25-year-old entrepreneur passionate about fitness, business, and spreading smiles and essentially equipping people with practical, very customized advice around their lives. In 2015, Mallory started her first fitness apparel brand with her partner, uh, actually for a course at Carleton University where she studied journalism and business. And LVD grew into this global fitness apparel brand for the socially conscious athlete. They generated more than a million in sales and their offering has since expanded into media and marketing services for other passionate clients. Today, Mallory is a coach. She coaches entrepreneurs and creatives about how to build businesses without burnout. And that's really going to be a running theme in our episode. And Mallory is speaking at events. She's doing brand collaborations and partnerships. And what I love about her essence and what she shares online is that, you know, we are all very different human beings and the needs of our business, the needs of our lives, the needs of our health are also very different. And she's very intentional about embedding this in her in her coaching. She grew up competing in dance and today she is talking about how to actually enjoy your life. So I'm I'm happy to dive in. For the audience, can you talk a little bit about your origin story, Mallory, and how you grew up? Yeah. So you did touch on briefly, I grew up in dance and that was definitely like very formative for me. Um, I'm the youngest of I have two older sisters, so it was very much anything they could do, I can do too. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I had one sister doing certain types of dance, the other doing others. And so I obviously had to do it all and then add some. So I was super, super busy as a kid. Um, and that definitely taught me a lot about um, time management for sure, how to get that homework done in between competitions and when you're spending your whole night at a studio and also discipline, obviously, and work ethic. So I always feel that my dance background is a big part of who I am today. So that was like my main thing growing up. I was always super passionate about getting involved though. Even with that stuff going on, I love doing extracurriculars at school and through high mm -hmm. school. I 
planned a lot of events, organized a lot of fundraisers. So always been like a super, super active person. And that bled into the work that you were drawn to do, whether it was in university, you know, after graduating from Carleton, entering the workforce. So what was, and you recently made a change into, you know, coaching and helping other entrepreneurs with their ventures. And I remember there was this moment where you didn't want to be that, that quote unquote coach that everyone's being online. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about what that struggle was like when it, when it came to you supporting other entrepreneurs and the perception of what coaching has almost turned into and, you know, what was the struggle like? How do you think about it now? Yeah. um, I think the coaching industry has exploded like crazy just with the growth of being able to connect online and seeing other people um, create income online, I think has been really motivating people to get into the coaching space. So I always feel very protective of this space because I feel like there's a lot of people that may be in it for the wrong reasons that may not have um, the experience that they should for certain scenarios, right? So Mm -hmm. if somebody has built um, a coaching business and that's their main and only business they've ever built, it's really hard for them to then potentially take on a product-based business and help them through navigating what that e-commerce store looks like, right? For example, Mm -hmm. Um, so I had definitely seen some coaches that I really didn't agree with. And so that was a major identity hesitation for me because I didn't like a lot of the things that were being associated with coaching. But then when it came down to it, I realized I had been coaching all along when I was doing my consulting on the side. Um, even through building my first business, we were mentoring a lot of young kids. And so I just decided that I I love to teach and it's something that I'm really good at. So I decided to double down on it and bring something different to the coaching industry, right? And start those conversations around um, approaching our life as one and how can we bring wellness into business instead of seeing like, okay, we have wellness and then we have business and those are two separate parts of my life. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to bring that to the coaching industry. Um, And For me, it was a good push to push others too, right? To just let go of labels and not tie so much to it. I still don't even really identify as a business coach, but (laughs) it's like the title that makes sense for now. So that's what I go with. Understood. And why was the wellness piece so important for you, Um, especially, you know, whether it's tied to the time, the, you know, when you were building LBD, what was that really like, did you have a light bulb moment around the importance of health. I know it's been integrated at a very early age for you, but what was the wellness piece that you felt was missing in the industry? Yeah. So I've always been active in fitness, just coming from someone who danced as well. It was really important to me. I Honestly, it just came out of a place of necessity at first. I knew if I danced all those hours every week and then just mm-hmm. stopped, <laughs> that wouldn't be great for my body. So Um, I got into the gym and I really fell in love with lifting in the process. And I've always been super passionate about learning more about nutrition and fitness because I feel like there's so much um, misguided information out there. And so the more I can learn for myself, obviously, the better and then I can pass that along. But the main thing for me was also with my first business, I went through a really bad burnout and I've shared a bit about it online, but um, it got really bad. I got to the point that I had pneumonia and I didn't even realize I had pneumonia because I just felt that crappy every day. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I started having like 
crazy rashes on my face that I had to go to specialists for that they couldn't really explain. I started losing hair and it was really that, you know, my mental and emotional side had been giving me signs of the burnout, but they're a lot easier to overlook, right? We can like push Mm -hmm. through them because we're strong, independent women, you know? Um, (laughs) But it wasn't until my body started breaking down that I really realized what was happening. And then it was, you know, so far past that it took so long for me to repair that. And, you know, people often ask, oh, how did you get through your burnout? It's a very long, complicated story because I had to work with so many different health professionals. I had to do a lot of stuff on my own. Um, And it's not like, hey, take this pill and you're good, right? So I became a lot more vocal after that about battling a bit of this hustle culture and what does it mean to hustle and can we still hustle without having energy drinks at 3 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. Um, So how can we change that conversation so that people don't have to go through what I went through? Because the physical side of it sucks, but the mental and emotional side is a lot harder. And I think I see it through a lot of people and it's like where you start to get more short-tempered you start to get really agitated by things. You feel like you're losing your personality a bit. Like these are really mm-hmm. scary things for people to happen and just not even knowing where it's coming from. So if we can help people not even get to that point, that's really my goal. Interesting. Yes, I'm more proactive because I've definitely, it was, it was last year where something similar happened to me and it's almost you've reached a point where everything catches up and you actually can't move. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, for a lot of people, it's unfortunate that you have to get to that space to say, okay, what changes do I need to make? But at the same time, you were probably thinking this is part of it. Like this is part of building a business at the beginning. And so yeah. now consciously has it you know, this, this piece is the way that you do business now. And it's the way that you lead your life, right? It's, it's more of a lifestyle choice to incorporate really healthy practices. What has that recovery process looked like for you? And how has your life become better? Yeah, it's this really cool moment when you realize like, hey, I feel like a healthier, better person. And actually, my business is also doing better because of it, because we think it's that one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So for me, it was crazy to see I found even eating more whole foods and eating a better diet overall, and things like sleep, like I really started to see how that was actually giving me a clearer head to approach my day. I was just saying with someone the other day, like, I had been not going to the gym as often for a while earlier this year. And then I just decided to be consistent with it. But it's funny how quickly the narrative starts in your head that you don't have time. So I kept not fitting it in because I had so many things to do. And then one day I just decided, okay, I'm going to start fitting it in. And nothing in my schedule changed, but Mm -hmm. I just started going and it was fine. And I was getting all the same work done with less time because Mm -hmm. it was actually making me more effective in the hours that I was working, which is partially right. If we just have all day to work, we will take our time, right? But fitting that in actually would give me so much more energy and I was able to do my work more productively. So even though I've already had these healthy habits integrated, I find every time I remind myself, if one starts to slip, it's so, so important to keep it in there because it's not a luxury, right? It's the thing that actually keeps us going. Mm -hmm. So when you're building out your schedule now, do you build in these practices first? Like, will you put in your gym schedule before you put in everything else, like your coaching and and all of your business activities? 
Yeah, for, for me, it's a mix. Um, if I know that I have a really busy period coming up, then definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I usually try to respect that more. So even if I want to do a yoga class, for example, before I'd be like, okay, well, there's a noon class and a 4.30 class. I, I like the noon class better, but okay, I guess I have to do 4.30 because this person wants to do a call at 11. And instead, right. I, I always um, put, like if I do a call in the morning or the afternoon, I always try to keep from like 11.30 to 12.30 open in case I want to go to yoga that day. Mm-hmm. And then at other times, I will put that right into my schedule. And a great tip for other people that are trying to get started is put it right into your calendar and commit to it because I'm at a place right now where I don't have to necessarily have it in my calendar to, um, to still leave space for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely a great way to do it. Or if you're feeling like you're really busy and it just helps you realize too, that you're, you don't have to work off everyone else's schedule. Somebody right. suggests 11 and you say, yep, even though you know that now you can't do that yoga class. Often if you just say 10 or two, they're just going to come back and say, yep, too. So mm-hmm. I think it also teaches us like to stop um, thinking we have to be so accommodating. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, through your speaking, you do speaking engagements now that's part of your work. What have you noticed the, you know, the temperature, the pulse around what people are asking you to come in and speak about? I think that says a lot, whether it's companies that are asking you to speak or different community organizations, have you noticed a shift at all in, hey, Mallory, like I want you to come in and speak about wellness or come in and speak about building with intention or, you know, thinking about your why before you start on this, on this venture. So have you noticed a shift? And if yes, what are people asking you to speak about more often now? Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's funny. I think in the spring maybe of last year, I came across an event online. It was actually through the Empower Her Network. And it it looks like a really great day. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, I want to be part of this. And I reached out to them and I just fully pitched them. And it was after I had really come out of that burnout experience. And it was something I hadn't been as vocal about. And I just decided, okay, I want to pitch something really different. And I just fully pitched them a workshop on how to protect your energy and avoid burnout. Mm -hmm. And they went for it. And then on the day of, uh, the room filled up, which was already a great sign. And it was a really, really great session. And that was kind of the thing that kicked off for me that I started speaking about it more. And then it's been interesting because since then, you're right, I have had a lot more requests for that. I had somebody that was actually at that event and reached out and said, Hey, I want you to come to my company and Mm. basically speak about everything you just said. And it's definitely been a recurring theme. Um, I'm even working with one of the big four consulting firms doing a workshop with one of their teams to help them get goal oriented, but within reason and figuring out how can they navigate that without burning out because for consulting, right? It's such Very long hours. Rampant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's cool to see companies of all levels looking at that. Even a lot of the solopreneurs that come to me, it's less like I want to make six figures in the next six months. And it's mm-hmm. more, I don't feel good right now. I feel unstable and I want to feel really good. And yes, I want to make some more money, but I feel that my baseline isn't even there yet. So it's been really interesting. I think we've become a lot more self-aware and accepting of the idea that it's not just this fluff woo-woo stuff. It actually can be really, really impactful. It's interesting. I definitely feel the shift happening as well. And even in conversations with a lot of my peers, 
I think that tail end of like 2019, as we were coming into 2020, I don't think it had anything to do with this whole new decade thing, but mm-hmm. the, the conversations that we started to have more often were around healing and, mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, the, whether it's trauma or pain that you've gone through in your life and being a lot more open about sharing. Cause I think we tend to keep everything to ourselves. We don't want to burden others, but I don't think this is working for people anymore. And especially in a society where it, we're very much proponents of doing everything on your, on your own and it's very individualistic. I think that's why communities are starting to, to come up and people are running towards it because it almost offers this space to just be yourself. I don't know. I'm not really surprised that, that people are calling you for this type of work. You've, you've gone through it and you're out on the other side and you have really learned from that experience. I, I, I feel this like huge sense of pride for you. This is awesome. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because I think it's like anything like, you know, if you look back like way back, right? Nobody talks about their feelings. Like I feel like life was very, very private and we've slowly always been inching forward with that. And now we're getting to a point where, you know, things keep coming up and there's certain people that start talking about things and then people go, oh my gosh, that's how I also feel this way. Yeah. Yeah, Like that was a really big thing I've noticed is like, people are just tired. Like people are (laughs) tired and they're starting to realize, oh, like you're building your business but you're also hanging out with your nephew and you and Josh yeah. are taking a night off. How? And yeah. You're going to the right. gym in the middle of the day. Like how is that allowed and where can I get some, right? Mm-hmm. So changing that conversation and just opening up to people too about like, I, I did a post recently about how um, it's still hard for me sometimes to do nothing on a Sunday. Like if mm-hmm. I sit and watch Netflix all day, on one hand, it feels kind of good. And then the other, it starts stressing me out. And there's this little voice in the back of my head saying like, you're not far enough along for this right Mm -hmm. but it's being able to control that and remind people like yeah that voice is there but you also have to remind that voice that this is a healthy decision because otherwise you won't last past 30 right Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost that sense of guilt (laughs) when you're totally taking a break right Hmm. oh yeah and I see it a lot for myself still because um my partner also works for himself right so there's times and he's in real estate so real estate often he has to do things on the weekend. And so I have to work extra hard to not let that affect me because I see him working and then I start to feel guilty that I'm not working. And he's like, but you don't have to like submit something today. And I was like, yeah, but now I feel like I'm being a less productive human because you're working and it's such a silly thing, but it's still like, we'll get into my head sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that, that point for people when they're coming to you and they're saying, you know, I'm just tired. Obviously, there's something that's not working for them, right? And through their decisions, whatever the case is. For you, what has been your process of self-discovery and learning that, you know, these practices are not serving me? How do I change them or cut them out of my life? Mm -hmm. And so for you, how did you learn and how are you still learning about what Mallory needs? Yeah, reading has been a huge part of that for me. Like I love to read. It's one of the ways that I consume the most information, whether it's reading people's stories or actually reading like books that are designed to help you. Um, I just find I love consuming that way. And every book I read, I take away a little bit more about myself, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think reading is really underrated for that. 
um, a lot of people think of reading as just like fiction because that's what we grew up with, but there's so much you can learn about yourself through other people's stories and through these books. So that's, that's one aspect for it for sure. And I think something with, um, my burnout that really forced me to deal with this idea that we all operate differently head on was that, um, Josh and I were doing everything the same and Josh's body wasn't breaking down. Right. That was a really, um, big barrier for me because as much as all of this was happening, everyone was like, well, you're traveling a lot, right? It's hard on your body. But then Josh would be like crushing his lifts and like feeling really good. So I was like, well, it can't be that because Josh is doing the same things as me. Right. But I realized like Josh has such a stronger physical baseline than I do. And it makes sense, right? I have asthma. I have eczema. I always say I have like the loser genes, (laughs) but like (laughs) a lot of those things about me are significant because it does mean that I don't have that same stable baseline. And just realizing that had so much relief in it because it constantly felt like what is wrong with me that I like can't get back up to a hundred percent, but it was just that my a hundred percent is nowhere near Josh's a hundred percent and that's fine. Right. Um, and just understanding that and then applying that to the rest of my life and seeing how I operate well. Um, and it's not always going to be the same as others. So like even talk about this with sales practices, for example, some people like can go after sales and it feels so good and they feel so empowered. And then other people feel really, really icky doing that. Right. But we all have different inherent strategies of how we like to operate and how we do well. So like I work really well in general with just like the law of attraction. Like if I'm just out there being me, I just attract the right opportunities. And that's something I've had to learn. Right. Because you see other people like really pushing something and you're like, Oh, I should be doing that because it means that I'm like, more actively growing my business. But for me, I have to actually just double down on putting out the kind of content that I love and mm-hmm. showing up how I would want somebody else to show up. And um, that so has really paid you. off. Yeah, exactly. That's the huge self-awareness piece that I love that you touched upon that, you know, we're all very different. We do have different starting points and to compare is just doesn't make any sense. We're not comparing apples to apples, right? Exactly. And so the fact that you tuned in and said, no, Mallory, like let's just dissect her and figure out, you know, how we can make these changes. So that's really powerful. You know, the highs and lows of even building something from the ground up. I'm curious because I, I see a lot of posts uh, other people posting about mal made me do it the hashtag mal made me do it where mm-hmm. did that come into play like what's the, the origin story behind that yeah so it's funny um when because i had my start in fitness right a lot of my um community grew through fitness and powerlifting, and i got a lot of requests for coaching from a fitness perspective but i have so much respect for especially powerlifting coaches like these people are incredibly qualified um and I just was like, I am nowhere near those people and I don't want to do disrespect, even right to the fitness coaching industry. I don't want to be one of those people that's, you know, selling something that I'm not qualified to sell. But I really saw um, a problem that I wanted to solve and people just wanted to enjoy their workouts again. They felt really disconnected from the gym and I had gone through the similar thing when I stopped powerlifting. So I actually started a fitness membership program that's still running today. I just don't talk about it as much. But um, I wanted to make 
workouts um, affordable and accessible because for me, workouts had been such a part of my personal development. So I developed this program that was um, both gym workouts and at home. So if somebody wants to go to the gym, it's a program designed to help them get comfortable. And if they don't even want to do that, or maybe they have other factors in their life that they can't go to a gym right now, um, there's like a full home workout option. So it's a $20 a month membership. And that was something where I couldn't come up with a name for it. But mm. we started to play with this hashtag of Mal made me do it as like a tagline. And then that actually just became the name for the membership really because it caught on and we didn't have another name for it. So it was kind of fun. And it was this idea of just having that voice in the back of your head for accountability because often we want to do things and then we get in this really shameful spiral of, well, if I want to do it, how come I'm not doing it? And how come I can't stay accountable to myself? So it was this idea of, okay, well, I'm going to make you do it then, right? I'm going to be that accountable voice in the back of your head. And if you need to post on Instagram your workouts and use the hashtag so that you know someone is watching, I'm going to do that for you. And that was really where it started. And then it's just kind of picked up from there. And a lot of people use it, right? If they're incorporating a morning routine, because that's something I share a lot about or reading books. And it's just been this fun thing that has really picked up. And I love seeing people um, use it. That's really powerful. And yeah, the accountability piece, I think, is huge for, for a lot of people. And even whether it's going with a partner to the gym on certain days, I think this is such a this is such a cool way to not even, you don't even have to match up your schedule with someone. Cause I think that's tough is, mm -hmm. you know, I want to go this day and it works with my schedule, but my, you know, fitness partner can't go. But to have that voice at the back of your head is, is really cool. You've almost built this community of people who want to make these positive changes in their life. And that's, that's really awesome. And so you hit on health and, and mindset. And you talk about these three pillars to like building a, from my interpretation, like building mm -hmm. a whole life. One of the other ones is talking about money and being conscious and also educated about how we can build these systems into our life. And so you have a workshop coming up really soon with Tori Dunlap, who started, you know, her first 100K. For you, as you build your business, how are you more intentionally thinking about money and what was the proponent and what pushed you to share more about this aspect of your life on social media as well? Yeah, I think it was two part. I think growing up, I've always been someone that was good with my money in a sense that I was good at making money and saving money, which meant I could ignore my money. So it was like this double-edged sword because since I wasn't, I never felt broke even in high school, right? Because I started working early on especially teaching dance it was like a great pay i always had really great jobs so it was this weird safe space if i was good with my money but i felt like i just put it in a bank account and ran away from it and like didn't want to deal with it and i never knew like how much money i had i just knew i was okay which mm -hmm. is obviously like a privileged place to be in but i think it's a common factor of like okay i'm comfortable enough that i don't have to obsess over every penny and then it really allows us to not educate ourselves the way that we should be. So I recognize that growing up and it's always been really important for me to learn more about money, to get more comfortable with finances um, because it's not going away, right? Like money is mm -hmm. the currency that's being traded and it's just something we have to deal with. And then the second part of that was really reading two books, um, Profit First 
and uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. So Rich Dad Poor Dad really flipped upside down my world in terms of how to approach money, um, how to make money, how to look passive at money. Income, passive income streams too. It's yeah. A book, yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. And then Profit First is essentially the idea behind Profit First is if you can you know, run your business off $1,000, you can run your business off $900. So taking off actual profit first, because we always do revenue minus expenses equals profit. But if we just essentially take the profit first and then um, pay our expenses with, with what's left, and that really creates a different mindset um, and it actually helps you accumulate wealth passively and not have to think about it all the time, but be doing good actions for yourself. So that was something that once I started integrating, it felt like all of the pieces were really falling together. And I just feel like we, we just, whenever we feel kind of embarrassed by not knowing things, we just don't talk about them at all. And that's not really great for anyone. So I found that was really common with money. No one was talking about it because it's such this weird thing. And like, it's like we all know that no one feels that comfortable about it, so we're just not going to talk about it. It's the same way we don't talk <laughs> about like how much money people make. You're just not supposed to. And there's a lot of like um, political sides to it, right? Because two people might have the same job and have different negotiation skills. Mm -hmm. But that's something we should be talking about. Like, hey, I'm making 10K more than you because I stood up for myself in a room, right? If we start to have those conversations, then the other person is going to go, well, frig, next time I'm going to do that, you know, at my next position, I'm going to speak up for myself the way that that person did, because obviously it paid off for them, right? So if we get more open, then we're not going to see these systemic problems where the same people are comfortable speaking up and others are just left taking whatever's offered, right? Changing that mindset around money and getting people really comfortable around money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking about negotiation and even asking for a raise, raising your prices. Those sort of mm -hmm. things are they're super important to talk about amongst even your friend group. I, I don't think it just translates to business and more on the professional side, but even talking to your friends, like how can we make more money? Like what can we start to work together and, and make these changes? Because it makes a huge, as much as people say money doesn't lead to you being happier, it does it does reduce a lot of anxiety and stress around, you know, how am I going to pay this next bill? It optimizes a lot of things and, and it gives you choice, right? It gives you the freedom to, to put your conscious effort elsewhere. Yeah. And I speak a lot about calling myself kind of like an, an in-betweener and an overachiever, but it's this idea that we think we either have to be super money hungry or we have to be like the next uh, Mother Teresa. You know, there's like no in between. And um, I, I feel like even when you were saying that, right, it's like your voice is hesitating because you're like, I can be happy without money. And I know that money is not happiness, but you're right. Like it is a tool. And I think if we just like say you either have to be money hungry or like totally volunteering all of your time and not making money there is an in-between and it's okay to like have really great impacts but also be compensated for that value so that you can go spend time with your family because really it's not money that makes me happy it's being able to take off an afternoon to hang out with my nephew right like that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to and if money's going to be a tool that gets me there then I'm not going to pretend that's not true you know mm -hmm. Yes. And so the course that you are working on with Tori, how did that come about? And what, how are you hoping to help people through this? Yeah. So Tori and I actually have like a little group. It's us and another 
woman and we meet often sometimes weekly sometimes we just hit each other up on facetime but just to support each other with our business and we just find we have so much overlap in our audience and we were like okay let's do something together like part of it is we love creating right so we love creating with other people it's that same accountability piece her and i both recognize we do better when we have somebody else on our team so we gave ourselves that power right by doing it together and we just decided we really wanted to create something. And then when we thought about um, what to talk about, how to make money online, like we both talk about money. And then when it comes to how to making money, how to make money online, I think there's just so many more opportunities than people realize. And sometimes for us, it becomes what feels like common knowledge and just recognizing that, Hey, this one income source we're going to talk about could totally change someone's business because there's different ways to scale your business and it's not just always selling more of your product or your service. There's other ways you can really complement those streams and just bringing that to people's attention, I think is really important whether they have a business or not. If they're just looking to learn, it's a great space to just understand different ways that people are making money online, right? Cause you're seeing people make money online and because we feel weird about money, you might not be comfortable asking the person like, <laughs> Hey, how are you doing this? Right? right. So we're just kind of opening up about some of the ways that we do it and some of the ways that other people we know do it. And hopefully it leads to some really great um, discoveries for some people. That's awesome. And so with, you know, one huge belief that I have is fulfillment comes from doing what you love but also giving your gifts away and, and contributing and being of service to your community. And so how, and you've talked about it through the episode, but how do you think about being of service through and in your why? And mm. how has it elevated you as a human being as well? Yeah, I think it's always been part of me and I don't really know where it comes from. Like even as a really young kid, it was just so important to me to help people. It's always been a driving factor. Um, I'm sure we could get deep into psychologically. There's probably some like external validation things there. But like for me, just I think I can't believe that life is just so simple that we're not meant to impact each other. Like I don't mm -hmm. think I'm supposed to be here and just, you know, marry my husband and have a few kids and live a, our little life in seclusion. I really believe that we have so much power to connect and to build greater things when we all work together. And that's been a really big driving factor for me. And part of it is just like, every time I learn something, I'm like mind blown that I didn't know it. And I just feel like <laughs> if I feel like I'm wrong, if I don't tell everybody else, right. you know, and it's always been a part of me. I always want to bring other people up with, with me. I've always believed there's room for everyone at the table. And that's just something that's always been part of me. It's like, I've never even second guessed it. And that's the power of an abundance mindset because I think too around, mm. you know, thinking that, you know, if I'm succeeding or if somebody else is, that means it's taking away from my pot. And it's just, I think it's the formula to build on your own and not really go anywhere. But I think as soon as you flip that switch and truly believe that, you know, you're going to create and build greater things with other people and by supporting other people that's where the law of attraction comes through as well how do you how do you celebrate how do you think about celebration has it changed since you know your recovery and going through that burnout it's a good question i'm definitely like a 
a small celebrator. Like I will celebrate with like a night in with Josh. You know what I mean? We're not big, like, Oh, let's go blow the bank on something. But, um, for me, it's really shifted to being all about a feeling like, um, it's less about how much money I'm making or even what revenue looks like. It's just about like, how am I feeling? Like, do I feel really good about what I'm doing, what I'm offering? Um, do I feel really good about the way that other people are growing? Right. What does that look like? And for me, those are kind of the things that I celebrate. It really has come back down to alignment. And like when things feel really good, that's when I celebrate. Like for example, yesterday, actually I had a really great sales day randomly, which is funny because I don't even really think of it as sales, but I actually took on, um, a handful of clients. And it was just one of those things where I've spent the past three weeks constantly reworking. I got like a giant 10 by seven whiteboard. You might have seen. Where did you get it by the way? I have to, <laughs> I got a new place. And so I'm thinking I'm decorating and everything and I need yeah. to, I need to put, get this whiteboard. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We just got it on Amazon. So it doesn't actually stick to the wall, but we just put double-sided tape on the two ends and it's working really well. So I recommend okay. for everyone. I think it was maybe like $75, but I can say it's so, it's so, so worth, worth it. it. I have a small one, but I need a, a big life-size one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I've been like holding in my office for three weeks. It's, it's one of those things like I, again, going back to how we operate, like I can sit down and work on something, but then when I tap out, I need to respectfully tap out and come back to it. So it's been these little bursts of having really big ideas and coming back to it and constantly reworking how I am doing my offering because um, even though I was doing consulting before, when I switched into this coaching mode, it is a lot of, okay, how do other people run this? And you know, what should my offer look like? And then a lot of it didn't totally still feel aligned. Like, even though I love the work I was doing, I didn't love how I was packaging it and offering it. So I've been constantly reworking that. And I feel like I just got to a place where it felt really good. And then it's like, it's no coincidence, right? That yesterday I had this great day of sales because yeah. it's just, I was finally in alignment and yeah. I'm, I'm really big on that. Um, so it, it's like all, everything just falls into place. And so I don't go out for some big crazy dinner because I, I locked in some sales. I actually just feel really good because I'm really excited to help these people. And I feel like they're in a place where they're so close. Like a lot of the people I work with have such huge potential if they just get out of their own way. And it's a really cool space because I attract a lot of really self-aware people. Mm-hmm. So it's like they know what they're doing to self-sabotage. Even actually in my application form for coaching, I say, how do you self-sabotage? And I think it also just <laughs> and like reminds people to be self-aware. And it's crazy the responses I get. Like people are so specific. And yeah. it's nice to see that people are realizing that they know their ways and that they're actively trying to fix it. So for me, that's what I celebrate. Like I was just on such a high yesterday because I can't wait to get started with these clients because I really believe in what they could do. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's literally a, an amazing example of, you know, living in your truth and figuring out ways that you can get more aligned in order to serve people. So that's amazing. And, you know, before we head into the last question, I wanted to bring up something that you posted about recently. I think there was a question of what is your dream job, Mallory? Mm. And you and you said, I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm okay of not answering that. Like, I don't have a dream job. And so I think it ties into what you just said about feeling good and feeling like you're doing the right work. 
And so mm-hmm. can you can you expand a little bit about this, you know, mindset shift and, and, and what that really means and how it's helped you? Yeah, for me, something that really helped actually my friend Alexis, she's also, um, she has a positive psychology certificate and she's um, an author of a really great book that I can link you to. I, do, you, do you swear on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, you can swear. Okay. <laughs> so the book is called Find Your Fuck Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, actually having conversations with her and reading that book really, really helped me. And she kind of challenged me with this idea of saying that I was an artist. And at first it's like, okay, it sounds a little woo-woo, right? But really looking at an artist is an artist regardless of what their current project looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they might be painting, you know, a valley one day and the next day they might decide that they're sculpting or using a totally different material to create their art. And that really resonated with me because really I've always had the same underlying theme, even with LVD, right? We were helping people. It was a socially conscious model. So we were helping people have greater impact. We were also building community. And these are the themes that I constantly see coming up in my life. But it's been such a struggle to find the thing where they were supposed to come out. And when I finally just accepted like, oh, those are just my themes. And those are my feelings. And it's going to continue to change what that looks like, has really allowed me to live in this space where I'm okay with not knowing what comes next. And I think for a lot of people where we get into this dream career and every question I ever get when I speak about entrepreneurship is where do you see yourself in five years right and I think it's just we crave this certainty or we crave like this crystal ball and just being okay with not having one and saying like I don't actually have a dream job like you said I don't have one because I just have a dream feeling I just know how I want to Mm -hmm. feel and the really cool thing is like when you find things that you can do whether you're working for yourself or not finding things that give you that feeling so you're not chasing. Like I already feel like I'm like 80% there for my dream feeling, right? So I have a long life ahead of me. And instead of thinking, okay, how do I get to this huge dream job milestone? It's just how do I keep leaning into this feeling? And I think I notice the most like when you look at really successful entrepreneurs or business owners, they often go into this like spiritual phase after they've got really successful. And I think that really tells us like, Money isn't enough. That's not right? it. <laughs> it's not the money. Yeah they, yeah, they get so spiritual and they get so into this other side of it because I think that's a great sign for other people. Like stop chasing the money because they got the money and now look what they're doing. They're looking to figure out how they want to feel, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking within. Exactly. Yeah, that's powerful. And I think that's, the, you mentioned reading biographies earlier and how learning more about yourself has actually been through books. And I think biographies do that because you, you know, you read about the lives of these individuals and all the challenges that they faced and where they are today and what they're thinking. Like it's such a great way to get into someone's head, especially people that you admire. I think it also helps us um, be more compassionate and understanding because like I, I read a book actually that was about like a time where there was still really like there were sur- still slaves in America. And like, even though that's not something that's actively going on right now, like that's something I have very little context to, right? Because of my upbringing. So to read that book gave me so much deeper context and history. And like, you know, there's a lot of things where people look at today. Oh, why are people like this today? And it's like, well, unless you take the time to (laughs) understand, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's the classic debate. People will be like, oh, well, it's equal. It's like, well, maybe in your life it's equal, but like, let's look at this huge history and let's actually take it upon ourselves 
to get more context for other people. And it just really helps in any situation. Like I never find myself feeling angry or like losing my mind around what somebody else is doing because I'm a very empathetic person and I can read people because I just constantly give myself more context for other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that also makes my own life easier, right? Because I'm not being like hell bent frustrated on like, why is this person doing it? Because I can probably figure out myself why their actions are the way they are. Right. So I think it's a really, mm. really great tool. And I think like you said, learning other people's stories. Um, I love the podcast, how I built this. Same. Yeah. yeah. And I just love the idea that not every founder is like this child genius that we think that had this like <laughs> eureka moment. It's really cool to see like super successful founders that still feel like they're not successful or they still have like so much anxiety or yes. self-doubt. Like, yeah, it's very cool to see like we we often see one story amplified and the more you can give yourself other people's stories, the more it teaches you about them, but also yourself and lets you lean into the things that make you different. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank, Mallory. The biggest choice that I had to make to fulfill my destiny is? Mm, I would say letting go of identity. That box. Yeah, because every major hurdle I've had was because I was too closely holding something to my identity, right? When my mm. body fell apart, it was really hard to not be a power lifter because I was a power lifter, right? With dance, I was a dancer. Even with my first business, we were the founders of that business. And then moving away from that business, you have to really get to know who you are and really like who you are because when those external identity moments go away, are you still going to like who's looking at you in the mirror? And are you actually going to know that person? I think that's a really big thing. We lean into these external identities and often as an excuse to not actually get to know ourselves. And for the final question on the Power of Why podcast is, you know, when shit hits the fan and you're tired and maybe on the brink of giving up on your mission, what is the reason that you keep going? And I want you to be really specific. Mm. I honestly want to say, because I don't know what else I do. Like, Mm. I just think if I, there's no like quitting or like for me, there's no going back to corporate. Like there's just one way and so stopping just isn't an option because I'm not going backwards and I'm not standing still so for me it's just like you have to keep going it's as simple as that thank you thank you so much Mallory for taking the time to share your story and how you've been able to really build with intention and build and think of your life very holistically Congratulations on everything that you're doing and the people that you're helping. It doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you so much, Mallory. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find the show notes at naomihaile.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Power of Why on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to you listening to next week's episode. Thank you.